Electro and Bono Movie Power Hour. You know what? Where's Hawk at? Listener discretion advised. The Electro and Bono Movie Power Hour. I am Electro, of course. And I'm Bono. What up? And we are back again with another exciting edition of the Movie Power Hour. Thank you for joining us. If you were looking for like a strong hour of power that also is about movies, <laughs> then you came to the right place because we're here with another powerful hour of, of movie going, right? What do you what do you got to say about that? I agree, man. It's probably the greatest movie podcast of all time, to be yeah, honest Yeah, probably you. that you could be listening to right now. Um, uh, Everything you want to <laughs> learn in one hour yeah. of power? A powerful hour of, we got of movie. A movie power hour, if you will. Mm-hmm. By like hosted by Electron Bottom, yeah, the Electron Bottom movie power. Um, uh, yeah, so we come at we're coming at you hard with another powerful hour, and you know, um, usually this name doesn't carry any power with me anymore these days, but we got the new M Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> Don't be disrespectful. I will. <laughs> you know what, Philip? I will be disrespectful. Uh, we just watched his new movie, Knock at the Cabin. Mm-hmm. Which, I gotta tell you, Bono, I didn't hate it. <laughs> it wasn't bad, no. No, it was, it, was, it was decent. It was not bad. It was pretty good. <laughs> you know, I have a love-hate relationship with 1M Knight. Uh, he's done some movies that I really love, like The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. I really liked Split, but, I mean, that movie got a little tainted, I think, with the terrible glass movie really it fucks it up for me a little bit no yeah as a standalone it's fire sure but but you know what you get you're like oh you're so jazzed up but you're like but the next movie really shits on the whole fucking series have you rewatched no need bro (laughs) i don't need to put myself through that again (laughs) why not though because man like no i'm good i don't need to i don't need to to watch spoilers for glass i don't need to watch david dunn get killed drowned in a puddle (laughs) again you know like you really they really shit the bed with the way that they ended that whole series the first one's a fucking i think an amazing film split was pretty good but was made was elevated by its twist it's a sequel to fucking unbreakable right I think that ending elevates that movie. If it wasn't for that ending, that movie would have just been a pretty solid little movie. Mm-hmm. But the ending elevates it. But at the same time, that ending reminds me of the movie that is to come that's going to end the series in a very unsatisfying way to me. Hmm. So that split movie does get brought down a, a, at least a fucking half a point for me. Because of what's to come, you know, they just fucked it up. I know, I know, I didn't watch Unbreakable until after Split. What? Yeah, so when I watched that, I mean, Split by itself, I was like, this is fucking great. And watching Unbreakable, I was like, well, that's really good. And then, I don't know, Glass wasn't too bad, but from what I remember, you know, I, I only saw it the one time too, so I think we gotta give it another go. Because M. Night does hit, okay? Yeah. He comes through with shit, and he gives you the twist. You know it's coming. Yeah. 
There's no twist in this new movie. No. The twist is that there's no twist. <laughs> that's the twist. And that's what I'm talking about. That <laughs> is his greatness. It. He pulled it off. <laughs> Brilliant. He pulled it off. Exactly. Anyways, we all know that that Mr. Shyamalan went through like really high highs early in his career and then had some pretty low lows. And, you know, you can look at his filmography and depending on whatever your taste in films, you can you can say that they are. Well, he makes three movies that no one's heard of before. He makes The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense fucking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Over here. Mm-hmm. He follows it up with Unbreakable, which I think. Personally, I like even better than The Sixth Sense. I think it's a fucking fantastic film. My favorite M. Night Shyamalan film. So he his highs are really high really early on. Then he comes at us with Signs, which, I mean, whatever. I talk shit about it, and I haven't watched it in a long time. Maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe I'll think higher of it. Maybe I'll think lower of it. Especially right now, bro. There's UFOs all over this bitch. Uh, don't get me. There's crazy shit. Are you trying to scare me right now? I'm just saying, you know, turn on. On the podcast, you're trying to <laughs> show these people my fear of aliens. I have a phobia of aliens, We're going to have to do an alien series or something, bro. Well, let's know? do it. <laughs> Some alien That sounds fantastic. On. Please. <laughs> go on. Go on. You're winning me again. <laughs> Science is good. Um, you know. When's the last time you watched Science? Probably like four years ago, maybe. Okay. Well, again, I don't know if when I watch it, I will think more or less of him. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. But I do remember that that movie was divisive when it came out because it is a slow fucking movie. Yeah, it is, yeah. And so that started turning people off. And most people got turned off by Unbreakable because it was completely different than The Sixth Sense and people were maybe expecting something else. And he's reteaming again with Bruce Willis. You add Samuel L. Jackson to the fucking mm. mix. Everyone's excited, yeah. okay? Everyone is excited. Okay. And it was looked at, I think, kind of a letdown when it came out. But then over time was like, oh, wait a minute. This is this M. Night Shyamalan's actual best movie and shit. It got a reputation afterwards. So you get signs and people are already starting to be like, some people think that movie's great. Some people are like, that wasn't our fucking shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Plus he starts hitting uh, religion in that movie, which is going to come into play in this new movie, Mm -hmm. Knock at the Cabin. Mm Mm-hmm. After that, he does The Village, which, have you ever seen it? Mm-mm. You've never watched it? No, never have put myself through that. Well, you should. You're over here, uh, Mr. Shyamalan uh, I Defender. Can, I, just, I know I should, but I'm not. There's aspects to that movie <sighs> that completely work and that are good. I'm sure. The movie looks fantastic. It is <laughs> creepy. And you got Joaquin Phoenix in it. You, what do you think? What do you think it's... I mean, there's going to be some quality to it. Sure. Okay. But that's the first time that the audience officially turned on him because of his twist. The hmm. People did not like that twist. You you know the twist to the village, right? Mm-hmm. That's when people were like, that was dumb. And then he made another movie where it, they just kept getting worse. People were just like, what the fuck are you doing? These mm-hmm. movies are getting very ridiculous. And he also writes, writes dialogue in... Uh, what can be said a bad way i don't know if he's just do, doing it on purpose like because like the sixth sense and unbreakable i don't think particularly have bad dialogue but then his dialogue starts getting silly it starts getting like unbelievable people don't playful people don't talk this way i don't know if he thinks he's being clever or maybe he's being clever and he's too smart for me i don't fucking know <laughs> he's doing it directly to you bro. he yeah. knows that you exist yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get this motherfucker right now 
Yeah, and you know, does Lady <laughs> in the Water, um, uh, and then what does he do after the happening? Oh, the happening, and then that's when people were like, <coughs> "You want to talk about fuck dialogue? We're done here." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's no way that he didn't know how fucking dumb it was coming up. It had to have been on purpose, right? I don't. Maybe the Shyamalan was on us that time, where he was like, "You'll fucking eat anything sure, I serve up," sure. and here I'm gonna put a big piece of shit on the table while and you're gonna eat it <laughs> while going environmentalist you know he's just like hey the earth bro the plants and he's and he's <laughs> they're doing shit i know and then he's like and i'm gonna get mark Wahlberg and new girl in here mm-hmm. and make them give some of the most bizarre fucking performances not only given by them but put on film <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, it had to have been on purpose. And again, I don't know. It's a big fuck you to his audience <laughs> or what? Maybe by that point, you're like, oh, you think I'm so fucking silly with Lady in the Water, huh? You think I'm such a piece of shit? Guess what? Right. <laughs> I'm going to fucking make this movie that's going to start off really cool where everybody kills themselves. And then Mark Wahlberg's going to come in and yeah. change the whole fucking operation. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw in the pest as well. <laughs> the pest giving the only fucking probably solid performance in that fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who fucking knew, man? Leguizamo yeah. was gonna come on strong. Shyamalan, that's what it took. Yeah, you know, he really broke him out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like fuck. Yeah, over here. And then he does the Airbender movie, mm-hmm. and then he does the Will Smith. Jaden movie after Earth. Both of those movies get torn to shreds after Earth. Yeah, written by Will Smith, by the way. Whoa. I think he picked M. Night Shyamalan to direct it. Will knows. But it's a terrible film. I've never seen it, but it's supposed to be. <laughs> Maybe we should watch it. Yeah, we should. And, yeah, Will Smith wrote it, and I want to say that it's like, I don't know. Is he a Scientologist? Is he? I don't know, but it's preaching something. It might be mm. preaching Scientology or I don't know what the fuck he's into. Red tables, I don't know, fucking Some slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> Some shit. But, yeah, and then after that, you know, people were like, he's fucking done. I'm done with, like, the Christian Baldwin. Like, you are not professional, <laughs> bro. Damn, you're amateur, <laughs> you know? And then he kind of, whatever, like, had a little resurgence with The Visit, which, have you ever seen it? Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I watched it. You finally watched it. Yeah. It was not a bad little movie. He kind of goes back. He goes roots. He goes roots. <laughs> <laughs> oh my he goes God. to his roots, makes a makes a little horror movie again. Yeah. A, a really simple horror movie mm-hmm. where he's like, it's all, it's a first person one, right? Yeah. It's a, like on a camera. Mm-hmm. So he completely changes like his way of storytelling even. And then. You know, you think it's going to be a straightforward movie, like he's doing a straightforward movie, and then he he, he comes with the chamois twist at the end, yeah. right? And and that movie's weird, too. And, again, dialogue is, is kind of weird, but it's, like, enjoyable. You're like, okay, okay, you actually made a pretty decent yeah. movie I again. I think Shammy got into hip-hop that year. Oh, yeah. Because, see, what, is, oh see, what the fuck God. is that? I don't know. Doesn't that, like, completely... And then he ends the movie that way. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're like, what the fuck? Like you, like you kind of made a decent movie, and mm. now you leave me with this right. at the end. Right. <laughs> uh, that wasn't it. And then I don't know why. Like on old too. Why is there a rapper in this fucking movie? You old. Know what I mean? so, oh, I can't. I mean, we didn't get that fucking old. <laughs> 
All right, so yeah, visit again. Again, it's like him saying like "fuck you" to the fucking audience. Or like, I just gave you a decent little movie again. Maybe give you some hope in me as a director again. And then I do something like really weird at the end. That is like, is it funny? Is it like what is it? <laughs> you have to laugh at it. Yeah. Because it's laughable. I don't think tensions were that high for you to throw in a crazy little white rapper boy <laughs> at the end. Bump fist with the black, the only black guy in the fucking movie who happens to be like the train ticket boy. Real nice. <laughs> Shammy. That is a reach, my friend. Come on, get it together, dude. But in true nature of twist. <laughs> I kind of have to say he's a fucking genius. You know what I mean? Wow. He's like, he's like, I can do that. I can. If he's that aware. If not, it's okay, too. <laughs> well, he did it. <laughs> and then after the visit, that's when he hits us with split again. That's the highest of the highs for me when he's having his little resurgence. Fucks it up with. So from from six cents to there, we're talking about what? Ten plus? Fifteen, maybe? Let me, let's pull this up. Let's see what the fuck, because, I mean, that is a good amount of time there with all these flicks. Unless he was doing film a year, which I doubt. Uh, well, we're going to find out right now. Let's, let's see. see. Um, um. So, yeah, the first thing he did was this movie in 1992 called Praying with Anger that he starred in, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's going to get into it in this movie. But he has, like, this weird thing with religion. I think, obviously, he's, he's like, Indian or something, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he, um, uh, when he was young, I think went to like Catholic school or some shit. Hmm. So he learned all of this, all of that religion and stuff. And it seems to have had uh, some effect on him, you know, because his movies, a lot of them have had religious undertones to it. And then this one, this one is flat out. I mean, Signs was pretty, pretty heavy with that. Very too, heavy. At though. the end, like, you know. That whole thing is all about like a dude struggling with his faith and then regaining his faith and shit. Right. And then at the end is like straight up being like, yeah, like God, God fucking gave this message or whatever. Or God's giving him these signs. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking shit. On the nose with this fucking guy. (laughs) Oh, you you thought we meant crop signs? (laughs) No, we're talking about the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) And then gets Mr. fucking Gibson himself, the fucking Jew-hating anti- No, it was before that. Oh, you think that that his hate for Jews developed after his (laughs) sign? That son of a bitch has hated Jews his whole fucking life. He probably got into the book really heavy. He's like, man, this was, you know. He was a (laughs) Jew-hating fucking asshole from day one. He just thought he was so powerful that he could just Come out and say that he hates the Jews and there'd be no repercussion. He was a patriot. He was a patriot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. That's true. I'll give him that much. Yep. Anyways, and then he made this movie in 1998. So six year gap called Wide Awake. And it mm. stars Rosie O'Donnell. It's like a Disney movie or some shit. Or did, mm. it looks like one. And then one year after that, making this silly ass movie with Rosie O'Donnell <laughs> and a kid or some shit, 
He hits you with the sixth sense with his two previous movies, not showing any indication that he is capable of delivering <laughs> anything of this caliber. <laughs> okay. And the sixth sense, you know, we got to hit, we'll obviously do maybe an episode on this someday. We will. Yeah. Uh, sure. But like, fuck does that movie hold up? And it's like so good. And it emotionally hits you in the right fucking places at the right time. And looking back at this movie, it's like, this is not a horror movie, like, at all. Mm-mm. This is not a scary movie. This is a movie about... It just freaked oh, people out, man. Pussies. There was a bunch of pussies in 1990. <laughs> was, I was about to say. Year 2000 was coming out. The world was about to end. We were a little uneasy. <laughs> <laughs> a ghost or two might scare you, you know? It was a very uncertain time, man. Yeah. And Colette crushed it. She crushed it. Oh, that. my God. Dude, what so a fucking good. Why, they haven't given Tony Collette an Oscar yet. See, that's fucking criminal, you know? <laughs> that's why the Oscars are a fucking sham. sham. I hate that shit. That's the Shyamalan. That's stupid, right? It's like <laughs> if he was in charge of the whole operation. That's probably... <laughs> is that why we say sham? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, after that, 1999... Very next year, Unbreakable comes out. Okay. He made three movies in three years, 1998, 1999, 2000. Mm-hmm. Rosie Donald was involved in one of wow. these films. Wow. Can you believe? That's the ultimate <laughs> sham. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, after that, Signs, 2002. So two years. Two years. And then The Village, two years after that, 2004. So it looks like he's moving every two years right now. Okay. Lady in the Water, 2006. Happening, 2008. Last Airbender 2010 After Earth 2013 He took an extra year for that one hmm. He directed an episode of Wayward Pines So from After Earth to The Visit It's another two It's only two years And that's where he kind of re, like Reinvigorates himself um, uh, Split is one year after that Glass Three years 2019 Old another two years and another two years for Knock at the Cabin. Hmm. And he directed four episodes of Servant. Servant. I'm on that, by the way. I'm am, not. <laughs> I am caught up, which also leads into this fucking, uh, his character. The the character in the movie, Knock in the Cabin. He's in that show, too. Who? Uh, fucking Rupert. Oh, uh, fucking Ron. Yeah. Ron Weasley. Weasley. <laughs> He's in that motherfucker. Oh, is he one of the, the, the main... He's a supporting... Okay. He's, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Well, that's weird. You know what? Ron never did much after Harry Potter. I don't think he had to, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking set for life. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking nailed it. One guy. and done. Fuck it. Did you ever watch... How many of those Harry Potter movies None. did you watch? We watched the first one. The first one. one. We went to the theater to watch it. Yeah, I chose to forget that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you were a huge fan of the Potters. I was into Potter. Like, at that time, that was, like, I guess peak Potter was for, like, 10 years or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, by by the time the movie came out, I think, I don't know how many books were out. Like, the first three, maybe? The first four? But I, I only watched the first three movies, maybe the f- fourth one, and then I There's was more out. than four. There's, like There's one for each movie, each book. I think, yeah, and then I think the last book got made into two movies. Jesus. So there's like nine of them. Yeah, so he, you know, he doesn't need the check. He's chilling, (laughs) whatever, bro. This dude's set for life, you know? Yeah. But he comes out in that servant show and comes out in this movie, Knock at the Cabin. (sighs) Knock at the Cabin. Mm -hmm. Um, So, again, after he did Glass, and I was like, fuck this guy again. 
he goes again he goes ahead and does old and i i did not like old and i know that there that movie has its defenders you may be one of mm-hmm. them are you yeah yeah i i like i lily made me go watch it at the movie theater she went to go see it twice her second time to make me watch it that's I cool that's nice and i was just thoroughly upset <laughs> that was a classic case of him just doing weird ass dialogue where you're like why is the dialogue like this like i know you should know better right you're you're choosing to do this on purpose which i don't understand like bringing down the quality like that but i guess i don't know i don't know what he's trying to say what he's trying to do i mean he's his own man he pays for his own movies he's been self-financing i think since the visit He'll make the he'll pay for the movie itself and sell it off to a studio, which is great. Full control, fuck all that shit. Yeah, so he's definitely making whatever he wants to make. No one's telling him what he can or Dude, cannot. He has do. that Apple contract. <clears throat> he did those episodes, and then he's still exec producer in the fucking thing. And his wife will direct one or write one or do all this shit. So look, it's so a fucking sham. This whole fucking he's chilling, thing. bro. He it's the illusion. You making you is think. it his? Is his daughter or is it his wife I, that's making a movie? You know now? what? I don't know if it's either or. I assumed it was his wife. If it's his daughter, that's even. Cooler. I thought it was his daughter, but I had no idea his wife was involved in shit. So maybe it's his wife. I don't know, but I know okay. that a Shyamalan, a female Shyamalan, is having her first movie come out soon. Okay, and. Like, what a manipulation <laughs> to just make a movie. I mean, you put the name Shyamalan is on there, you know. Right. I mean, there's a whole wide audience that's probably going to watch it based on that name. The the dope thing about that show in particular. They're like, did M. Night, like, turn to a woman? <laughs> I think M. Night's a woman now. Let's go oh, watch it. Shit. <laughs> um, is that... This food, like you say, he's putting the stamp, right? He's saying this is a sham. This is the Shyamalan fucking yeah, approval. Yeah, fucking sham. But nowadays, in particular with the show, not each episode has the same feel, but it's shot completely different. You know what I'm saying? Like stylistic shit. Like the, the shit you see nowadays, like for example, how we were talking about uh, Infinity Pool and these A24 films where like it's all these beautiful shots and... Well, yeah, but he's not direct. No, no, no. So he has a couple of them, right? And those are super stylized to kind of setting the bar for all these other directors that are coming in. Yeah, it's not high. <laughs> but um, not a high bar, guys. <laughs> you guys will make it. He made old. <laughs> so you guys can basically do whatever the fuck you guys want. <laughs> Style. It's probably not going to be that bad. <laughs> you know, but it's still under him. You know, exact producer on the bitch, just chilling, just bringing up these these hungry ass directors. You know, because it's sham. You're right. You know what I mean. Yeah, well, anyway, I hated old. <laughs> the dialogue was terrible. There was good actors in it giving, when, in my opinion, were really bad performances, but not because they were bad actors, but because the shit that Shaman was making them say was so dumb <laughs> that I was like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And like, I don't know. Again, I think Shaman's just fucking with us at this fucking point. I think he's just like, I'm just going to fucking make some wild shit that people are just gonna be like what the fuck <laughs> and then every few years i'll like i'll make a good movie <laughs> <laughs> and i'll really like that's how i'm gonna fuck with these guys <laughs> like i'll make a good one mm-hmm. have them trust me again and then the next one's gonna be super fucking terrible mm-hmm. just just so you know 
Maybe he wrote Infinity Pool. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking is asshole. that how genius he is? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So after old, I was like, fuck you, Shyamalan. You just keep fucking you just keep with the dumbness <laughs> and then in old he had the fucking audacity to have a shot of him actually behind the camera it's like oh, yeah. you literally even showing yourself direct right now bro like how fu- the hubris on this fucking man <laughs> yeah get the fuck out of- and he cameos in all of his movies like you know whatever he's like a big hitchcock fan hitchcock used to do that so he feels the need to put himself in every single fucking movie. And it's distracting, dude. Like, when he pops up and knock at the cabin, I was like, come on. You had to do that? Get the fuck out of here. Right. <laughs> Anyways, Knock at the Cabin was released on February 3rd, 2023. Hmm. Uh, do you want to do the synopsis? I got a little glare on my side. but yeah, I got it. I got it. Go then. for it. While vacationing at a remote cabin, a young girl and her two fathers are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. Hmm. With limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Yes. Interesting concept for a movie. But, was, you, but you know, Mr. Shan, for me... I know that you and like Lil Lil have like a reverence for this guy that's unwarranted over mm-hmm. here. Okay, they're your fucking Shyamalan defenders, as I call <laughs> <laughs> as I call you guys. So obviously, you guys are like in on this, no matter what. But you know, absolutely, me as a Shyamalan, you know, acceptor of what a terrible director <laughs> he is, realist. <laughs> Shyamalan. Uh, Shyamalan truther. <laughs> um, I was like, ugh, like, okay, like the this looks interesting. The use of Dave Bautista in this character, that's interesting. The fucking Ron's in this, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I mean, but again, I'm just, all of this is being taken with a grain of salt with from me because Shyamalan is behind all of this. Mm-hmm. And then it's called Knock at the Cabin, which automatically, like, makes you think of other movies. As a matter of fact, if I didn't tell you the name of this movie was Knock at the Cabin right now, you didn't have it in front of you, would you think Knock at the Cabin or would you say, like, Cabin in the Woods first? You know, like, Mm -hmm. come on, what are you doing? But I think it was based on a book, and I don't know if the book had the same name. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, I don't know if you've heard or read anything about the book. Mm Mm-mm. But the book is even darker than the fucking movie and shit. Okay. The book is a very, like, nihilistic and, like, mean-spirited book, which, again, so the plot of this movie is that these people are basically home invaded by a group of people, and they tell them that one of them has to sacrifice somebody from their family, otherwise the apocalypse is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to describe the family, though. Oh yeah, well, because a, that plays a huge part into this. True, true, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a family adding to the Shyamalan <laughs> fucking twist here. Right, okay, right. Well, yeah, it's a gay couple mm-hmm. pay, played by Jonathan Groff. He plays Eric and Ben Aldridge, mm-hmm. who plays Andrew. 
And Jonathan Groff, I know him from Mindhunter. I don't know if you ever watched that show on Netflix. I did like the first episode. It's a really good show. I really liked it. It got canceled. It's a shame. David Fincher was like one of the people behind the creation of that show. And it's like a, like a fucking series that's kind of like Zodiac, you know? Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm into it. And he's like the main character of that show. So yeah, that's where I knew him from. And he also came out in the, the new Matrix movie. Okay. It was Agent Smith in Resurrections, which bottles top movie of <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's old and then Matrix Resurrections. Uh-huh. His favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he plays Eric. And I guess he's actually gay in real life, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But I I mean, he's like in Mindhunter. He's like really proper or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You're right. Like he's... A real proper gentleman, you know, mm-hmm. a little feminine or whatever. I don't know if he's feminine, but he's soft spoken okay. and shit. And so you got know, a lot of feminine features. Yeah, okay. he's nice to look at. You know, <laughs> he fucking cleans up. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It'd be an easy transition. For yeah, me. for me. <laughs> for me, it would. <laughs> It's got so- like just soft eyes, you know, just <laughs> gentle eyes. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what point I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, I really wish I could <laughs> remember where I was going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, but anyways, they're all driving together and singing this song. Do you remember what song it is? Uh, fuck. It's like a classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the song. No, I did not. You didn't fucking care. Huh? <laughs> I mean, not enough to remember the fucking song. I'll tell you that. I wonder if... Soundtrack. I'm sure it'll be on there for sure. Someone's about that fucking song. Soundtrack. Oh, Boogie Shoes. Okay. By KC and the Sunshine Band. Yeah. So, Eric, he's singing that song. And I don't know if they all start singing it. But he's being real lively about singing that song on the way to the to the cabin and they get there it's your fucking average you're like your your nice airbnb cabin that you get with all the amenities and Mm -hmm. shit Mm -hmm. and i don't know it seems like they're i don't know they're like rich but you know they're like well off it seems like you know proper white fucking family gay Mm -hmm. gay couple with uh uh, adopted foreign child, <laughs> very progressive. Yeah. Stuff, you know? very. Shyamalan is doing it, oh, keeping yeah. up. Okay, now I remember what the point I was trying to make. It's about the book. So the book is very dark. Oh. The book is very dark. Has very dark outlook. From like the family is asked to sacrifice one of them for humanity. And that God is telling them to make this choice. And they're very, like, glib about it. Like, they're like, fuck that. Like, what kind of a God would ask us to do this? Like, if God would ask us to do this, then we're not going to do this because fuck that God. Mm -hmm. And spoilers for this movie and for the book. So if you haven't watched it, spoilers, fair warning. Mm -hmm. In the book, they let the world end. And they're like, fuck it. Like this world, if if this is what it costs to keep the world going, then sorry, world. Fuck all you guys and fuck God for 
making us for giving us this fucking choice right which is real old testament shit from like the bible like you know god's an asshole like that he asks humans to do fucked up things and good people you know to prove their love to him or whatever loyalty yeah and so that book has that tone that message and this movie has a very different fucking message that comes across at the end when that book saying fuck god this one is very much not saying fuck God Mm-mm. and completely changes what that story would be. And, and in that story, I think the little kid, the little girl dies mm. in the book. Wow. So I think they, the little girl dies like in the struggle or something in the fight. Mm-hmm. And then when that happens, they're like, if our daughter's death is not enough for this fucking God, then fuck God and, and fuck whatever fuck humanity right that's the message that that book and that story was trying to tell and this one is the complete opposite i mean that. with a struggle too i mean it kind of struggle there's a struggle they <laughs> they have to you know dig deep let's get into the movie itself it starts off with that scene and then all of a sudden leonard shows up and and that's played by dave bautista who's like a fucking big fucking guy i wonder how fucking like he's at least he is i hope he's like six foot eight no 500 i don't think he's that i don't think he's that he looks so fucking massive i don't think he's that tall i don't think so either but i'm just saying i i I wish he is yeah in your mind (laughs) in my mind for sure he's gonna be that fucking huge my internet's hella slow. It's okay. It's coming. It's coming. Um, uh, but yeah. Anyway, he looks hell of intimidating. He's like in. He almost looks like a Jehovah Witness or something in a white like collar shirt. I don't know. If he's wearing jeans or maybe tight slacks. To me, like he kind of looks like a Jehovah's Witness or something, right? He has the glasses and shit, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the, your stereotypical like Jehovah's Witness going or. Or maybe not Jehovah's Witness, but also, like, Christians and shit, you know? Christians will also go door to door and fucking be like, have you found Jesus and shit? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, yeah, so he comes in, obviously, right off the bat, physically threatening in every way. This little girl who is played by the actress Kristen Cooley, who plays the role of Wen. And she's this cute little girl, and she has this little scar on her lip, a little a Joaquin Phoenix, if you will, mm. you know. <laughs> and so Leonard shows up, who's obviously like really physically threatening, and obviously she's scared. But he like is just like no, 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 like, like I'm a I'm a friend, and like his voice, like I actually think Batista's actually like a legit actor. I've always liked him in like when he's used right. But he does a good job of, like, his voice has, like, a gentleness to it where he does kind of win this little girl over. And the audience a little bit, even though, like, you know the kind of movie you're going to watch, you know the shit he's going to do in it. But I think there is something disarming about, like, how gentle he's being about it and kind of showing his true face where he's like, I'm not a bad guy right right right. but i have to do something yeah really even though i gotta do some up. crazy shit i'm not gonna let that break my yeah. moral whatever yeah he, like if it was up to him none of this shit would have been violent and he just would have been like fucking this is the fucking deal and like 
obviously it's against human nature. If someone came up to you with that fucking with that choice, obviously you're gonna be like, "Fuck you and fuck that." <laughs> but he actually, I think he did a really good job of like. He's not threatening. He's never like yelling and intimidating these people in like an aggressive way like that. He is actually like real gentle about the whole fucking thing, which kind of throws you off. And then you got fucking Ron over there. Now Ron is not, he's not with this gentle Mm -hmm. giant shit. He's a fucking angry fucking ginger. (laughs) Getting picked on his whole fucking life for his fucking freckles and shit. Redneck ginger. Yeah. Literal redneck. (laughs) (laughs) So Leonard's basically helping, like she's putting grasshoppers in a jar, which I think is, you know, foreshadowing what's going to happen to them, right? These grasshoppers are being kept in in this thing or whatever. And you could say they're being kept in there by a a cute, gentle little girl or, or something, right? Maybe a little foreshadowing of him. But like I said, he's like, not really trying to cause them any harm. You know, he just knows that in his head, he has to do this so that the world doesn't end and shit. Right. And so the movie is clever. And I like the fact that, you know, it does make you wonder if, you know, if this is real or if it's like these people are crazy. And I don't know if you had seen like the trailers or anything. I did see a trailer that eventually kind of gave it away. But the first trailer I saw was like, this is going to be real, you know? Right. Like what would make this movie scary to me is that it was real. Like if at the end it turns out that they were all just crazy, like that's cheap. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and I would come out of there being like, that's bullshit. Yeah, like culty bullshit. What, what's scary is, yeah, God is real and he's chosen you like he chose like fucking... Homeboy to kill. Uh, yeah, he chose the ginger redneck, he cho- he, the coach, the fucking nurse, or whatever. Oh, you know? but like he chose Abraham to sacrifice his son, right? In, right. The, in the Old Testament or whatever. And um, uh, you know, he takes pity on fucking Adam, and he's like, "All right, you don't have to kill him. Go kill the lamb instead." But God was a douchebag like that in the mm-hmm. fucking in the Bible. So he chooses this family. Who I think Leonard even is the one who says this. Like, I think your family was chosen not because, like, we're over here bigots that are, like, trying to terrorize a gay family, which that's how the gay people are looking at it. Like, they're doing a hate crime and they just hate us because we're gay. Right. But he's just like, no, I think God chose you guys because you guys are, like, fucking pure. You guys, like, clearly love each other and have this child and you guys are, like, the fucking perfect fucking family. Adds to Sham's genius because he's, <laughs> he's he's driving a message too. He's like, hey, not everyone's out to kill you because you're fucking gay. Wow, you, you know, that was a, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it was. He's like, you know, I'm gonna sneak this in there. I gotta tell them something. You well, know what you I mean? clearly saw a movie that way. <laughs> this movie was really anti-gay, and I really appreciate. It. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you can definitely see it that way. You I know? mean. I mean, yeah, it could be looked at that way, too, that, like, not just for gay people. Well, it, but the only like, reason I mentioned that, too, is because then you get, you know, the backstory to the characters. And, yeah, and then yeah. They, they, they have been through some traumatic shit that would lead them to believe that, of course, this is a hate crime because they've been through similar shit themselves exactly. like that. Mm-hmm. Because we all know that this world is a fucked up place and... Yeah, there could be, like, some really nice gay people, like, hanging around, and there's going to be some fucking asshole that's going to be, like, I'll fucking beat your 
fucking ass to death because you're gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen as much anymore. But I know that that was like a that would happen a lot. Like you know, whatever in the mm-hmm. fucking eighties or nineties and shit. You know, like you were gay, man. You were like targeted in danger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you're openly gay, like like yeah, it could be dangerous to be openly gay. And it's really nice that we now live in a day and age where being gay is completely accepted for the most part. Right. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with like religion Religion, as to why it's not Mm -hmm. accepted. And that's another interesting about this movie because Eric is religious. He was raised Catholic Mm -hmm. and Andrew wasn't, I believe he doesn't believe in any of that shit, but Eric doesn't hold him against that. They don't hold it against each other. That you know, he grew up believing that. Maybe Eric isn't as religious anymore, but he is at least was or whatever. So that's like an interesting dynamic too, because you would think that being gay would that you would not be down with being Catholic or whatever, because they the way they look at that. Right. You know, like right, right, right. It's like dis- very disrespectful and really fucked up or whatever. And maybe the the Catholic Church has, you know, modernized a little bit. I think that the new pope is has said that like gay marriage that it's all all good and well and shit. Wow. But still there's a lot of Catholics and religious people that don't see it that way, right, you know. Right. And shit, dude, everybody knows plenty of <laughs> those kind of people and they're some are louder than others, you know. For sure. But that's an interesting um, uh, dynamic in this movie, you know, to have a religious gay person and that, you know, this movie's tackling on like how they would perceive some such a such a fucking like attack on them. But at the same time, there's Mr. Shammy over here being like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just doing his thing, bro. <laughs> He's just having fun with it, you know? So there's there's diff- definitely like really interesting things that I think the movie says and, you know, questions it makes you ask and stuff. Yeah. You know, the main fucking question for sure. I watched this with those young men. We're like, let's check this out. And there's like, would I kill? <laughs> would you kill? And there's no fucking way. And that's kind of one of those things where it's like, the world's going to end. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Especially my children. That's not going to happen. Right. So we were just like, hmm. I'm like, uh, you'd probably blow my brains out. But yeah. I don't think I could stomach any of that. That's also another thing that brings up like, I hate to say it, like, but gender roles or whatever, right? Because this, the, I mean, you can take the man under the equation as well and put yourself into the situation be your wife instead of your husband mm-hmm. same choice right and this choice you whatever just say you'll only have one kid too and the way the movie is is like eric is the more like feminine one and andrew is like the dude who's been hate, hate crime and he's just he learned to fight he like learned like some jujitsu and some shit. He right, knows how right. to choke a motherfucker out. He knows he, how to shoot. And then yeah, he got a gun. He now he's about like l- l- being able to protect himself and his family. Now he has a family. He needs to be able to protect them. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, he's the you know he's like the protector, the manly one in the fucking relationship. So this decision was like between a man and a woman or whatever. Like you said right now, you would be like, okay, so you kill me or whatever. 
But if it's this really fucked up, like, who knows if the world's in an end situation, like, the way they see it is, is like, well, the one that's going to have a better chance of actually taking care of this fucking child is the one that is protecting, you know, Mm -hmm. the protector. You should be the one to fucking watch our fucking, if one of us has to go, it should be me because you're the one that's actually going to protect and take care of this fucking kid. Right. And then, you know, but, you know, like, you know, there would be things to gain from the other person being the one that would be to raise them with, like, whatever, like, joy and, like, a really positive outlook on life, even though he's gone through terrific, I mean, horrific shit. Right. And somebody who's gone through horrific shit that has a bad outlook at the world. You mean, like, no, fuck the world. The the world is out to get us specifically. Mm -hmm. We can't be happy. We're like these two fucking really normal, nice, we happen to be gay men, but the world is fucking out to make it, to to get us. I did like that part at the end. It's like, well, you two will be the surviving two to walk the earth. The scorched earth, right? So it's like, that Damn. might be a sight too. Though, you know Fuck I mean? no! Like, you'd want to live. <laughs> no, that. I wouldn't want to. I'd, I'd like to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that that's the that's the the pitch, right? They're like, look, if you guys, one of you guys doesn't kill each other, then you will be like forced to wander the dead earth. Just you three, you three, knowing that you ended humanity. And you get to watch the world crumble in front of your eyes before you die. You're still going to die. Mm-hmm. But you get to watch everybody else die. And the world itself die. Yeah, yeah. Everyone and you everything. carry that burden that you chose yourself over humanity. Those are your options. <laughs> We're going to ride this out, boy. Let <laughs> me see what happens. Yeah, and then so... To Leonard and his crew, like, you know, the fucking choice is very fucking simple. They're like, dude, if you guys don't do this, like, every, billions of people are going to die. And then, so they're having to convince them of this. There's a fucking scuffle. Um, uh, Eric bashes his head in the scuffle, and now he has a concussion. So it's Shyamalan being clever into like, you know, the the guy who is religious and optimistic or whatever is the one that's kind of more accepting of this is what's happening. And the other guys is like, shut up, you're concussed, dude. Like he there's a rational explanation for everything in this movie. Right. This movie is, again, Shyamalan being like, you have to take everything on faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I mean, it's done well. It's yeah. not. It's not too preachy. It's not down your fucking throat. It's. It's a good. Bit, a <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> uh, yeah. So to show that they're not fucking around. So like fucking Ron. Like so, there's four of them. You got Leonard, who is played by Dave Bautista, who is the the school teacher, His teacher and coach. Yeah. And then um, uh, Rupert Grant, who's Ron, of course, he plays Redman, and he's like a he's a gas, gas company, company worker. worker. Um, uh, then you got Adrian, who's this lady who she's like a cook, and she has like a son and shit. Mm-hmm. And then you have Sabrina, who was a nurse. 
So all of them show up. All of them have these crazy weapons that they like made them themselves. They are like, you know, God showed them how to make them real frailty stuff. Right? Yeah. I was, were you not thinking about frailty when you were watching this, especially with the weapons? Uh, no, not really. I don't think I've seen frailty. You've never seen frailty. Frailty is kind of a rip. I mean, they kind of ripped frailty <laughs> on this one. Yeah. It's, huh. it's a movie with Bill Paxton, of course, our fucking man. Mm. And he directed it too. Oh, cool! And it's the a movie where God comes to him and tells him that he has to that that, that the world's in the end and that the war has started, mm-hmm. and he gives him an axe and being like, "You have to kill these demons, but they're people with the light." And yeah, the thing. Uh, but it's been a long time. But they're people, and they're like, and he's doing it with his kids, and his kids are like, "These these aren't demons; these are people." You're like just hacking people up and shit, mm-hmm. and you know, God gives him the weapon and stuff, which right. is, I don't know. It gave me vibes okay, from this movie. So, yeah. So, they all kind of show up and be like, we're all fucking begging you to, like, you know. And we know that this is a fucked up decision. An impossible decision. But this is what's going to happen, fucking. Um, uh, they say that there's going to be plagues for every every time they say no. That there's going to be, they're going to ask them four times to make this choice. Every time that they say no, there's going to be very dire fucking consequences. Right. So at first, he says that the fi- cities are going to drown. And then there's going to be a plague, and then the sky's going to fall. Right. This is, and then by the fourth time, it's bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then so they're like, "Fuck you!" We say no, and they're like, "All right." And so then Ron, yeah, <laughs> first one to get it. Ron, he's just like, all right. He gets on his knees, puts a fucking white sack over his head, kind of freaks out for a little bit, and then the rest of the three of them like fucking bash his brains in with their weapons, right? And they kill them in front of. They're like tied up to a chair. I think the little girl's not tied She's up. She's not tied up, no, but. Obviously, she's right there with them. And so they brutally murder him in front of them. And then they say that uh, a part of humanity has been judged. Right. And then they're obviously like, you crazy fucks. Like, what the fuck, you know? And then one of them turns on the TV. And you see that there was this an 8.6 earthquake somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And this fucking crazy tsunami. Fucking tsunami, buddy. Mm-hmm. He just fucking comes out. And fucking just takes out a bunch of fucking people. Right. So, you know, that's what happens when you kill Ron. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful when this fucking guy dies. They watch that clip and it's like a pre-recorded reel. And, you know, they're kind of gauging the time. Again, still being skeptical. The right amount of skeptical. The questions that you should ask when it's like, what the fuck are these people even talking about? They're not killing us, first of all. They're killing each other. Yeah, if it was a home invasion, we'd be dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's some culty ass motherfuckers who are just, who got Ron, (laughs) (laughs) who got crazy drunk redneck dude, (laughs) Ginger. They got a Weasley. (laughs) Hey guys, he's going to be the first one to kill himself. He'll fucking do it. I know it. I know he will. (laughs) He will do it. I know he will. And and Eric has a concussion. But when it's happening, you see, like, throughout his performance that he. 
he kind of is like, oh shit, like this is real. Like he doesn't, he's not saying anything. Right, right, right. And Andrew is the one that's kind of more the voice of reason, being like, obviously this earthquake had already happened. They already knew it happened, and they're just fucking with us. They're trying to make one of us fucking kill each other. This mm-hmm. is fucked up. Mm-hmm. They have this fucked up friend Ronnie that was down to die for the fucking cause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when so when Andrew got hate crimed. He was just like, I think it was Ron. Like, oh, right. Like, Ron just fucking put all this shit together. These guys are all probably real fucking gay haters. Mm-hmm. And they're just coming in here and they're down to die for the cause, but they just want us to do some, they want to put us through some the most awful shit, shit yeah. ever and make one of us fucking kill each other. Right. This is all like a real, like, hate crime fucking bigot shit, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how Andrew's looking at it. That's what he's saying. It's like, this was pre-recorded. They knew this was going to happen. They're just using this scenario right. to fucking make us do it. And fuck you. And and Eric's yeah. kind of sitting there being like, okay, like, I'm with you, but <laughs> something seems that was yeah. a real tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really sophisticated gay <laughs> they, hate group. <laughs> they is. planned it out good. Oh, my God. And yeah, oh, and they say that they, they all had visions. Right. They all had visions of all the shit that's happening. Right. And of each other. And they all knew where to meet and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. They all like had visions like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you. Right off the bat, I don't know if you saw the trailers, but did you go into this being like, this is real or this is fake? No, I didn't. Again, uh, I watched the first one when it came out and I saw Sham and I'm like, I don't need to see more. I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to be there anyway, so it's okay. I didn't follow up on it or anything, but I didn't have an opinion, to be honest. But you know, at this point, do you think it's going to be uh, real or that they're fucking with No, them? right there, I'm like, it's going to be real. At what point during the movie are you like, this is going to be real or this is bullshit probably before ron died honestly right like yeah. kind of right off the bat like the vibe of the movie right yeah. i i thought that it was like it's gonna be real and, <laughs> if, it's, and if it's not then this movie is really gonna be coming out of the movie i felt like i missed something i'm like that was it like i knew it was it but i felt like there was gonna be something more uh, i know it's gonna be real and if these people don't do some crazy shit i'm gonna be really disappointed which honestly i was hoping for more to be to be real with you you wanted a little girl to die. You wanted come that Bono bro, 10 out of 10. Come on. <laughs> it was right there that for you Dude, guys. dangling the entire time. <laughs> Kill the kid. Right from the start. That's how you start the fucking movie. You want to unsettle some people? That's how you do it. But that didn't happen, you know? Right. It wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't bad. I think it was definitely, like, a better movie than old, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, the performances were good, and like just the choice of the movies really fucked up. Very interesting plot. So there was a lot there that was like, I was like, enough of this is good. Right. Like he really has to fuck it up at the end for me not to like this movie. And right. he didn't do a stupid plot twist where like you know the little girl was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Or that the little girl was the Antichrist. I felt, or honestly, I felt like relieved. I was like, oh fuck, that could have been really terrible. But like, <laughs> no, it was good. Like, is everyone okay? You know. Well, that's what I'm saying. The Camelot <laughs> twist of this movie is that you had to do some research and find out that he twisted the book mm-hmm. to make it 
the opposite of the message of the book the book is saying like everyone is awful and fuck the world so mm-hmm. like yeah the world's awful but if you have faith and you're a good person that like things can go good <laughs> that's how you sell this fucking movie <laughs> yeah you can just find it in your gay heart <laughs> fucking serve christ and then it's all gonna work out Absolutely. man you can save even somebody who feels like isn't like they wouldn't save anything. Right. <laughs> Jesus, that's right. the power. Right. Amen. And yeah, and it's like you know, you keep the shit people. That's where the whole hate crime thing goes on, right? Because I'm sure that's a thing too. Crossing their minds, you're like, okay, I'm gonna kill one of mine to save this. This is what I want to save. One of mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. So it's kind of like, no, you don't want to do that. Which in turn. To the book, like, I wish I had more of that. It kind of does, but it doesn't. You know, I would, I would be like, fuck him. Fuck him. Kill him. Right. <laughs> In fact, let me help there, you know? Does that count for anything? No, it doesn't. But, um... Anyway, so yeah. after that, I mean, the next one to be up for bat is Adrian. And she straight up goes up to them and starts, like, kind of pleading. Being like, okay, like, here's the deal. Like, I have a son. I love him very much. I fucking love my job. I have a great fucking life. I would really like to not fucking die. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Right. And then Andrew's just like, this is all bullshit. Fuck you, whatever. And then so mm-hmm. she bites it. Yeah, of course. She bites the dust. It's okay. <laughs> and then after that, they turn on the news, and it turns out that this, like, flu is just, like, fucking killing a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. So not only are people dying, it's a bunch of kids. Their decision just killed a bunch of fucking kids. <laughs> it's pretty dark. Mm-hmm. And then at this point, too, like when when they were having when when they're having breakfast, <laughs> uh, gets a knife and gives it to Eric. So he's trying to cut his way out of his chair, mm-hmm. which uh, I think when when is killing herself or whatever. There's a whole commotion going on, and there he's. They try to make their escape there. Like, he's trying to cut himself out of his restraints. And then also, Andrew somehow, I think his are loose or something. So they're both, like, on the verge of escaping. And Andrew had already brought it up. Like, if I could just get to the fucking car, I got my fucking gun that I bought after I got hate crimed. You know? right. He's like, so if I could just fucking get to the car, I will fucking smoke these fuckers. <laughs> and fucking, we could get the fuck out of here. Finally, they both escape. He makes a break for the car and Sandra is like chasing him down. I think she she might stab him or she something. She does stab him, yeah. With the with the knife or whatever. So he gets stabbed, but he still makes it to the car. Nice tense scene mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, is he gonna get to the car? What's gonna happen here? Right, right, right. And he does get to the car, he gets the gun, and then he gets inside and I think he ends up blasting Sandra. Yeah, yeah. She comes running in classic <laughs> Classic, <laughs> like real Anthony Perkins and Psycho, Comes like in. at the end, coming with right, the knife, right, right. Like, ah! and then he she gets fucking blasted, mm-hmm. and then so Leonard's like, all right, another part of humanity has been judged, mm-hmm. and then like he said, the skies were gonna fall, just airplanes just start 
coming going down, down. Yeah. which is pretty fucking cool and also like so terrifying which i'm just like oh my yeah God. that is terrifying. i don't want to fucking fly I'm, I'm scared of flying already man yeah. like what about the what if the apocalypse happens? <laughs> what if there's some gay couple in the woods <laughs> that won't fucking save me <laughs> i have the ultimate choice <laughs> I'm not flying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the airplanes fall, and then they end up, like, so now they have control. They have a gun, but they lock Bautista in the fucking bathroom. He acts like he gets out, which is also, like, you're, like, because the window looks really small. small. It's like, he didn't get out of there, you idiot. He's clearly hiding in the fucking shower. Mm -hmm. And he is smart about it. He does just blast into the... Into the tub, yep. but somehow missed the fucking giant <laughs> behind there. Right. He just grazed his arm, right? And then there's another scuffle. I think he takes his gun from them or mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "All right, here's the deal. I'm out." Like after he sits down on the porch, he has this like fucking nice knife on him, pulls it out, and he's just like, "All right, so I'm out now. I'm gonna kill myself." After I kill myself, you guys are only going to have a certain amount of time to fucking make your choice. And then, like, Andrew's still, like, justifying, like, the planes. He's saying, like, nah, there was probably, like, some fucking cyber attack or whatever with the flu. He was just, like, they just said on the news that this flu's been happening for, like, eight weeks or four weeks. Right. But it's just peaking right now. It's, like, they all knew. It was all... Part of their fucking plan. But, you know, when the planes start falling, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, already yeah. when you're like, okay, <laughs> this might be real. Right. So you also find out he was raised Catholic and that his parents, even though they're Catholics, are accepting of him and his relationship and his the fact that he's gay. And that Andrew's parents are not. There's a little scene where they come to visit him mm-hmm. and then they find, I guess he tell that he comes out to them and he has i don't know he's married by that point or they're just going out or Mm -hmm. what but he comes out to them by showing them that he lives and is happy with somebody and they can't accept it and they dip and he says like oh they like drove six hours and they stayed for like 45 minutes so andrew has a very fucking negative outlook on everything like like he lost his parents because he's gay and he's you know real beaten down in life because of it and um, uh, Eric has just always been like kind of I don't know, happy go lucky life is pretty good. His fucking Christian or Catholic parents accept him, so he grew up with that religious shit. And then earlier, like think after like the second death, he says he saw something, right? Like a vision, yeah, the light on the on the thing or whatever. Yeah, and Andrew just chalks that up to you're concussed, you fucking yeah. idiot, Jesus, sensitive to light, you fucking moron. What a fucking asshole <laughs> you're trying to fucking kill me <laughs> and then so he's just like you know what like dude i i believe i believe this is happening and like fuck it like just kill me they send they send fucking when there's a tree house they're like you get in there so it's basically eric convincing andrew to sacrifice him he's just like dude i'm like completely okay with this sacrifice like if one of us doesn't get sacrificed we're all gonna fucking die and andrew's just like fuck it whatever we'll just fucking wander the earth together as a family and he's just like dude like what kind of life is that gonna be right so yeah like you know i i'm choosing myself to sacrifice and he's just like and i'm choosing to sacrifice myself because i know 
that our daughter's going to grow up to be like this beautiful and successful human being. Right. And I know that she's going to be that because you're going to be there for her. Right. And she needs that. So I need to die, not only to save the world, but to save our fucking family, you know? Right, right, right. And then so he does this whole fucking Jesus <laughs> is great and whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. And, you know. Andrew blows his brains out. What? What, what yeah, are you gonna do? Well, what are you gonna do? Well, <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as he does that, they turn on the news, and all of a sudden, they're like, "The plane stopped falling from the sky." Mm-hmm. And you know what? This plague kind of like cured itself. <laughs> yeah, it was a pandemic. The worry. tsunamis weren't as bad as we thought. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of survivors, actually. We have some strong swimmers out there. <laughs> a lot of people survive. <laughs> so she, he goes up and goes, gets when, you know, he's just like, yeah, Eric's gone. Like, let's go. Fuck it. They go, they find the truck of all of them. When he gets to the truck, he sees that all of their, all of them had backpacks and shit in there. So he finds out that, um, uh, Adrian, what the none of them were lying. Yeah, they were all telling the truth. Mm-hmm. They weren't there to do anything bad to them. Obviously, one of them had to do something awful, but they weren't there with like, like hate or whatever. They all fucking were there because they all legit got these visions and knew what the fuck was up. Right. And and after they started sacrificing each other, all those visions were coming true. So right, you know. That's the deal. So, yeah, he finds out that it was all true. And then they stop at a diner. Oh, when they stop at the diner, that's when they see the TV the that, stuff, yeah. that the world's been healed. That Michael Jackson song, Heal the World, just started playing, Damn, you know, deep making cut. a better place. You're going deep cut on that shit. <laughs> okay. You went for me. <laughs> the entire human race. Jacko lives. <laughs> there are. People die. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I wonder if that's how that song goes. I think I did it pretty good. You should download it. And then it. after that, we're going to go with all I want to say. I really came about it. Absolutely, we are. <laughs> There's also Earth Song, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got real Michael Jackson vibes <laughs> at the end of this movie. Jacko pulled it off. <laughs> Uh, so anyway they leave the diner and then they're both kind of just sitting there like fuck like that's this sucks but whatever the world's okay it's been healed mm-hmm. and then they turn on the radio and then the song that they were that the that eric was singing in the beginning of the movie starts playing right and he immediately shuts it off and then i think the daughter like turns, turns it, it on or i think the daughter might be the one that turns it off right away well, I don't know who No, does. he turns it off. The daughter turns it on, then turns it off, then he turns it on. Yeah, and then they just look at each other, and it's like a sign that, like, you know, Andrew's there with them right, or whatever, right. and whatever, peace on earth. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. yeah, it ends. And so, like, yeah, I don't know what this fucking movie was trying to say. Like, I don't know what Shami was trying to say. I guess whatever, like, you know, at the end... You know, you would think that humanity would make the right choices. Even even somebody who has the worst outlook on life or whatever can, you know, right. have a moment of redemption or, you know, 
faith or mm-hmm. being saved. It's just yeah. tough. He throws in the gay in there. He does this other shit. Like, we're just going to take it a little further, you know? Yeah, yeah, which is like, I don't know. I think that's, so this movie was number one at the box office the first week it came out. It dethroned, it was the first thing to dethrone Avatar. Cool. Um, uh, In like its seventh week or eighth week of being number one, I think, mm. Knock at the Cabin beat them for one week but then uh, so they went from the next week they went from number one to number five again i think avatar was back at number one had a significant drop i wonder if it has a lot to do with this whole with the whole religious thing and the like and the gay thing like i don't know if that's just not people's cup of tea or what happened well that's what i mean he's just saying i don't give a fuck you know Shyamalan. fuck everyone fuck everything (laughs) (laughs) i don't give a fuck (laughs) i literally could not give a fuck about (laughs) any damn thing Absolutely. So, I mean, maybe, maybe. I know the religion part of it is just kind of like, eh. You know, the gay part of it, again, yes, maybe people have experienced a lot of that type of shit or have been around that type of shit. And, you know, I don't know. Well, I'm, Who uh, knows? This movie had a budget of 20 mil. Okay. Which is, like, a good fucking budget. Mm-hmm. That's up there. Um uh, and you know it was somewhat successful, right? It made thirty two point five in the U.S. and Canada. It ended up almost making fifty worldwide. But yeah, like I'm just saying, it had that big drop from the first week to the second week, where it went from being number one to number five. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how the world's feeling about Mr. Shammy lately, but uh, IMDb has it at a six point two. Hmm. Rotten Tomatoes at 67%, and the audience score was just about with that at 65%. Right. So what do you think about Shami's latest movie, Bono? What do you got? What's your take? What do you got uh, to say about it? I would give it a 7.5. A 7.5? Yeah. Really? Because, I mean, it's like, you know, there's not a lot. Sure, it's a lot of storytelling, but it's all centered in one space. You know, of course, I'm not saying the other movies that he's done aren't, but it was, I don't know. Uh, for some apocalyptic shit, I definitely want more. What we got was okay, you know, right. pretty, pretty. It was red. It was an R movie, but I think it didn't for really... the killing. Like, come on, at least show me the killing. They didn't show it, you know, show me that. But it was implied, and it was effectively like grotesque. You know, they didn't have to show it for you to feel the impact sure. of it, yeah, especially yeah. the first time. Yeah, because they're reacting to it in real time and shit, and you put yourself in that position where it's like, would I be able to stomach some dude's head being bashed? Which I think, I don't know if in the book, but do they decapitate him? I would think that's the I thing. I don't know. They don't decapitate him. Right? Not there, but I'm saying in the book. Like, <laughs> Or if you're doing some apocalyptic shit, well, don't you think you have to, you know, cut the head off the fucking... Yeah, I'm just uh, saying. I mean, if it's a snake, you cut the head off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. If um, I was to do it, that's the way to do it. Damn. But 7-5, honestly, it's a good movie. It's not a great movie, but I no. did enjoy it. I was scared going into it in the sense of like, fuck, Shami, please don't let me down. But she didn't, you know, he always pulls through anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> um, I think I would I would give it like a probably like a six point eight. Hmm. I I I enjoyed the movie. The acting and dialogue wasn't bad in this film. It wasn't so it was it, more it had, enjoyable. It had its sure. moments where it was kind of weird and you're like, people don't talk like this, but it was less distracting in this movie and the concept and the idea of the movie was like interesting enough to 
keep me compelled the whole way. Right. Like, even the old idea is compelling, that movie lost me. By the end, I was like, fuck this movie. Right. <laughs> this movie did not lose me. I was in the whole way. But I don't know. It was so, somewhat predictable. Like, you're like, there's only one, there's only two ways this thing can go. And the better way would be the way that they did it it's all real and a bunch of people died they killed a bunch of people they saved humanity but they still killed a bunch of people yeah. first it's just like getting to the end was kind of like okay like we i kind of figured it was going to go there but it definitely by the time the movie ends it does it, it is a fucking bummer like you're just kind of sitting there like well we just we just watch that like i don't know if i would really I'd be interested in rewatching this movie too much. I think it's a mm-hmm. one and done. Like yeah, it's a, so it's effective, and you're watching it the first time. And I don't see a lot of rewatchability about it. I think that Dave Bautista as Leonard is outstanding in it, and if it's worth watching again, it would be for his performance. I was think this movie's also been compared a lot to The Happening, where there people are actually saying like, this is like. His good, the happening. So, like, it's like people killing themselves and, like, the world's kind of ending. Right. And it's, like, similar similar ideas and shit, similar tone, but actually done good and not silly as fuck, you know? Mm. So it's interesting to, like, look at this movie and look at that movie and its similarities and just... Just like be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Shamil man? Like, I don't know. Right. But whatever. You can't say that he's not keeping us entertained. Well, keeping you entertained, pissing me off either way, man. He's he's got our fucking money and you gotta respect him for that. And he's consistently making movies, one every two, three years. He's doing he's, it. uh uh, he's doing the goddamn thing and he's doing it his own fucking way and no one's fucking getting in that way. And so God bless him. Is that a goddamn? <laughs> Anyways, you got anything else to say about Knock at the Cabin? No, nah, man, that's it for me. I again, I enjoyed the movie. You're right. I probably won't watch it again, but I know I liked it. It was a good theatrical experience mm-hmm. too. It probably wouldn't translate as good or be as effective if you're watching it at home right. with your phone distracting you. Right. So. You know, if you can still go catch it in the movies, by the time this comes out, it's probably already a fucking studio (laughs) book for it. (laughs) Sold out. You can't even get it. it. (laughs) I've been trying. (laughs) But, you know, you're going to watch this movie, give it the attention, sit the fuck down, leave your phone down, watch the movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's worth watching, especially if you're a Shyamalan fan. Anyways... That's all we got to say. I'm going to make sure you follow and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts, you know, give us some, give them some subscriptions, rate the show, you know, you know, follow us on our Instagram, Facebook, Electron Bono Movie Power Hour, of course, listen to the other shows on the network. We've got the Nakama boys out there doing the Lord's work, the Nakama podcast for all your anime needs. And Selena's Underground Podcast out there for hosted by our producer Ozzy. And you know, if you want your Selena's news, listen to that. And the 831 Comadres, of course, for all you ladies. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, support the Salad Bites Media Network. And I think that is all for us, man. Say goodbye, Bono. Later. We'll see you later. Sayonara, Sammy.
Electro and Bono Movie Power.